0: Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter, Matthew Barry, a guy who knows a lot about working hard and working smart. He's carved out a nice little life for himself. You know who else knows about that? ZipRecruiter. Their technology and tools make hiring more efficient and effective. It is the smartest way to hire. So effective. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. Slash BS Zip Recruiter is the smartest (laughs) and the hardest and the smartest. No, it's uh, it's the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find awesome podcasts from people like Dave Chang, Joe House's award-winning fairway rolling golf podcast, Against All Odds with the Cuz, And many more. We have football season coming up. Ringer NFL show right now has all of your fantasy football needs being taken care of, except the ones I'm about to scratch right now when Matthew Barry comes up in one second. First, uh, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, on the phone line, we have been doing podcasts together. I looked this up. Can you guess the date of our first podcast together, Michael uh, Matthew Barry? Can you say your name, Matthew Barry? Two thousand eight. Yeah, what month?
1: Uh, we didn't do a fantasy football one. It would it would have been in the spring, I think, right? Yeah, April, it was maybe it was
0: April. I don't know why we would have done a podcast in April. What was it like? Baseball, fantasy baseball. Must have been baseball? fantasy baseball.
1: Must have been fantasy baseball. God, remember when people
0: played fantasy baseball? <laughs> <laughs> so much. Fun. I, it's
1: been a while since I have. It's been a couple of years since I actually have.
0: Yeah, you you really carved out something magical for yourself. You just decided a few years ago football is all that matters, and that's all I'm concentrating my efforts on. I thought it was brilliant. I thought well, it was a brilliant you. stroke by you.
1: Well, it's it's not that football baseball doesn't matter or that fantasy baseball isn't fun. It just became a, I have five kids, yeah, and fantasy and football specifically, fantasy football has become like this year long enterprise, right? So the the Super Bowl ends, and then you're at the combine, and then there's free agency, and then there's the NFL draft, and you know there's just and there's OTAs, and like there's constantly news, and so we did. We did fantasy shows, we did podcasts, I did columns, and you know my first set of rankings comes out literally the week after the Super Bowl, and and it does traffic. People are interested in it. So, you know, producing content for fantasy football year round has become good business for, for ESPN and and just for me, it was just it was it was becoming too much to honestly do a good job at fantasy baseball. I just didn't want to like like half ass my way through it, you know. And so, uh, luckily ESPN was uh, gracious enough to say we agree and let me do uh, football full time.
0: You know, I miss the old days when I could really, really hear the the love and joy in your voice where you just be like, <laughs> I would do this for free, man. I fucking love this. And yeah. Now it's like, well, you know, it's a good. <laughs> you've,
1: you've really <laughs> been bristolized. There's a uh, a little bit. I've definitely. Listen, I'm a company man. You really uh, are. I really am. I Look, there's certain things that I would that I would still do for free. Like, I love my show. My, yeah. my TV show that we, they, you know, we have, we have puppets and guys in bear costumes and, you know, Daniel Dopp is half naked. And that is my favorite thing that I do. And so I would do that for free.
0: Can I um, tell you something? Yeah. You said you had five kids earlier. Yeah. One of the kids is 21. You don't have five kids. He's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> 21 well, means he can do basically everything you can do legally in this country, except maybe can you rent a car when you're 21? I, guess I think you, think you mean, have to like, be 25. I mean, you
1: can rent a car, I think, but it's much more expensive. If you're 25, it's it's uh, it's cheaper. Um, I don't know. I, I, I still think of him as my kid, although it'd be interesting. So I'm literally... Um, Tomorrow first thing tomorrow morning I'm going to Las Vegas. I'm uh I'm doing an event at uh, at Caesar's Friday night and and Saturday. And so he, he turned 21, my oldest turned 21 this summer, so I'm taking him and a couple of his buddies with me as sort of his uh his birthday present. He's never been to Vegas. So we'll oh that's see what great. happens Hold there. On. Hold on. I'm 11:08 uh, p.m. I think that's
0: the time they're going to duck you. <laughs> where Probably they're like, hold on, we'll be right back, and then you're just wandering around the casino right. looking for them, and you'll just then I'm
1: just then I'm some random old guy like at a, at a club in Vegas <laughs> or something like that, yeah, and right. then
0: you see them the next day, they're like, we
1: don't know what you were, we were looking for you, we couldn't right. find you, right, we got lost, and yeah, oh, and somebody is a black guy, yeah, no, I'm I'm I think that's a good call. I was actually going to um, set the over under a little bit later because it's their first night. So I was going to say like probably like 1230, something like that. But 100 percent, they're absolutely ditching me. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's going to happen. it will be somewhere between 11 and 1230 fantasy baseball.
0: You mentioned as it's lost its luster a little bit. I think I think what's happened is it's become you're either in one league or the other. It's just become more sophisticated. Like I've been in that same American League only league for 15-16 years. I have no idea who's in the National League. I really don't. <laughs> I've heard of Pete Alonso right. and like three other people and I could tell you like the 29th man on the Royals. And I think that's that makes it really hard to you know kind of have fun fantasy baseball conversations because I just don't feel like a lot of people are in leagues that have people on both
1: leagues. Yeah. And well, it depends. I mean, there's, so, it. it's either that or it's people play in, you know, mixed leagues, which are fairly shallow. Like, I mean, there was a time in my life, Bill, not that long ago where I could name like the backup catcher on every team. Yeah. I could name the left-handed relief, you know, relief specialist on every team. And now I'm like, you know, literally it's just like, oh, oh yeah, well, Christian Yelich is having a good year. Like, I mean, it's like, it's it's. I'm so football focused these days. Um, Everybody little, is.
0: Yeah. The funny it's, thing it's, about football, and we've talked about this probably every time we do this podcast where there's too much information now. Everybody's reading the same people. People are now reading the pieces that you write, like the love-hate piece you did this week. And then there's a backlash in their head to, oh, he loves Kyler Murray. I'm going the other way on that. But now it's so advanced that now it's actually better to round back in, and there's a backlash to the backlash, where the swerve is now to believe in your opinions because everybody else is going the other way because everyone (laughs) else has read your column. So now I think the column's back in where people should just actually listen to it again.
1: I appreciate that. We've come full circle, then. Yeah, we've come full circle because
0: everyone reads it before the draft and. You know, the, the last like three things you read before a fantasy draft stick in your head the most, and you're saying, I love this guy, I love that guy, I love this guy, I hate this guy. And that's just kind of ingrained in somebody's head when that person's name comes up in an auction.
1: Yeah. And it's also, it's also tough to, um, because people forget. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but like Kyler Murray is is a, is probably a good example. That's somebody that, and I'm not saying I'm the only one, but that's somebody that I've been talking about for a long, long time. And he was going way, way late, and then now all of a sudden more and more hype. And I'm part of the people hyping him, but and there are others as well. But like now, people are like, then they see me talking about Kyler Murray, like we just did our marathon, and they're like, well, of course. I've known about Kyler Murray, you know, and it's just like, yeah, well, that's because me and a couple other people have been talking about him for a while.
0: Right. So P- Peter Schrager's trying to own that corner. And cause he was in on Mahomes last year and that worked mm-hmm. out. And now this year he's all Kyler Murray's my guy this year. It's like the guy was the number one pick in the draft. Like you, right. you, it's like, like an O three, you can't be like, LeBron's my guy. I think <laughs> LeBron's going to be really good. You know, well, you got to we- get a little more creative. Come on, Peter Schrager,
1: get your shit right. together. I like well. I like listen. I like Peter Schrager. I but, too. Um, I'm, but listen, I'm a lot of shit. people were on Mahomes last year. I mean, Lou Riddick was on my show. I had him as a sleeper. He was in my love column, but I certainly didn't have him, you know, doing what he did. Yeah. But but Lou Riddick was on my show last year, and we asked him for a bold prediction. And I think people forget this as well. Like at the time last year, people were like, "Wow, you gave up Alex Smith, and this is a team that went to the playoffs. Like, and you're going to turn over the keys to this kid that's played one game, and you know, he played that week 17 game in his rookie year against Denver. And so I think people forget how much. You know, people were like, we get it. There's a little bit of talent, but like you guys are a game or two away from the Super Bowl, like you're really going with this kid instead of Alex Smith, who's kind of this proven winner. And Lou Riddick was on my show and he said 30 touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes, which A, was a bold prediction that no one blinked an eye at last year. And B, he was off by over 20 touchdowns. I mean, mean, like, you know, so um, or exactly 20 touchdowns, I should say. Well, nephew
0: Kyle and I in the Ringer Fantasy League last year. We were all over Mahomes, like a cheap suit. How'd you do? Did you guys win? We should have. We lost by But this is why I hate fantasy football. We had the best team (laughs) and we didn't win. That's how it always plays out. Fantasy football is ridiculous. We took, in my AL Keeper League, we we basically traded two first-round minor league picks for Jose Ramirez. Right. Who... I don't, saying he went into a coma isn't, that's like not fair to people who have actually been in comas. (laughs) Right. Like he was basically, I don't know what happened to him. Now he's kind of come out of it, but he murdered us. And Aaron Judge like, you know, flipped his oblique muscle or whatever he did and he sucks. And it's like, we picked the best team. How are we not winning this league? I just hate fantasy. And I don't know why I do it to myself. It's like, it's my version of heroin. I just (laughs) wish I
1: could quit. Right. No, but you can't, it's in your blood. It'll be in your blood, um, uh, for the rest of your life. And it, it is, it's one of those things. It's like, uh, because you can't control it, it's so addicting. So, I mean, you know, I, I have, uh, I, I love the fact, like, uh, I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll tell real quick. Cause I don't think I've told it to you, but like, so the last eight years I've been invited to Jay-Z's fantasy football draft. Right. And so he has a, he has a league called the, the guts league and Chris Paul's in that league. And, a bunch of, you know, very famous people and um, uh, and very powerful people and everything like that. And so anyway, I, I'm just sort of a fly on the wall. And, uh, and, you know, I it's it's just fun to hang out, right? It's a really fun league. But I'll never forget, like a couple of years ago, uh, Jay had uh, Des Bryant. And this was a year that Roma was hurt. And I think actually Kellen Moore was the quarterback. And, uh, you know, they were just struggling to move the ball. And so he had Des and he was like, he needed something like, like seven points in a PPR league to get into the playoffs, to win the game and win, uh, get into the playoffs. Like who, whoever he was playing was done. It was a Sunday night game. And so he's like, he's like texting me and he's just like, what the hell's going on with Moore? Why can't the, they get the ball to Dez? Like, you know, all I need is three for 40. Like, let's go. And so he's just, you know, and he was just like, Upset, right? Obviously, it, because it was so frustrating to watch. And I just and eventually, uh, Des Bryant got over seven points and he made the playoffs and did very well. And he's a very good fantasy football player. But I just sort of loved that moment. It was just such a, an amazing moment because here's Jay Z, who's like a billionaire, yeah. right? And like Great he's, life. he's he's been he's been successful at every possible thing he's done, right? I mean, like so on top of the music world, he's he's a very successful entrepreneur as well. I mean, he's married to Beyonce, like. I mean, you know, pick a category like this guy has been awesome. And yet there he is sweating out stupid Kellen Moore like the rest of us, right. you know, morons. And so it is the great equalizer. Fantasy football is like the great equalizer. And I think that's one of the reasons why people love it. So because it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why I think he loves it. So is because like, here's a guy that's been successful at everything in his life. And it's, here's something that he can't control that. It's like a, you know, and so. You know, um, yeah. I
0: have two things to tell you, two updates from last year. Yes, sir. One is that the league I'm in with Sal where we vote somebody out, which some yeah. people think is the greatest idea of all time. and other, And I just think it's, I hate it. I've somehow never <laughs> been voted out. I'm sure this will be the year. Um, that league, there was a controversial Todd Gurley trade where this guy made this trade and got a couple running backs back, but he had already had a running back. And the team that got it, Pete, we were very upset and it turned into an email chain that there was one day where there was 350 emails. Oh my and God. People were so angry that I actually thought it was going to be the end of the league and I it still might be. Um, but then when, when, it, when we, uh, in June, people started sending emails, are we going to do this again? And. And then it kind of heated up again, and got got angry again. <laughs> now it's like, do we have like a like a psychologist on hand or like a marriage counselor? Or what are, should we have a marriage counselor as the auctioneer? Like, there's still like real bitterness with a couple people. Everything, and I don't know how it's going to play out. Like, I'm, I'm not only am I not looking forward to it; it's I, it's awkward.
1: Well, you guys may need to. Didn't you have? Didn't I feel like uh, this was in your book or something like that? But didn't like didn't Tom Cruise. Once come to your league and like settle a fantasy dispute. No, between, like,
0: that's good. That was a good exaggeration though. That, 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 was, that was like when my mom tells the story from my, does your mom do this? <laughs> Stories yes. from your childhood that are like sure. 32% accurate. It was like, remember yep. when you fell off that jungle gym and then it turns out I just like nicked my knee on a slide or something. But, um, <laughs> no, All Tom right, well, Cruise yeah, came ahead. to we'll, Jimmy's show.
1: Oh, okay. That was uh,
0: Jimmy Jimmy's football Sunday and sell it and, and, settled a dispute between Sal and Jeff Ross after Sal pranked Jeff Ross and said he was safe on Dancing with the Stars and then he actually got voted out. <laughs> and Tom I, Cruise came in and pulled the total Tom Cruise. So maybe we need time. That might be the answer. You might be right. We might need Tom Cruise. Somebody might be like the that. one who heals this.
1: Maybe Tom Cruise or maybe Jimmy, somebody like that that everyone loves that can just sort of come in and like sort of an an independent third party that can come in and uh, and settle everything. It's I knew super there was something. Awkward. I knew there was something about Tom Cruise and and Sal and, and that was healing. Other, yeah, yes, and healing. Um, so
0: that's one. The other thing I had to tell you is one
1: last question though yeah. about that. With that email string, was Sal like part of the of the dispute or was he just? because I've been on email strings with, with Sal and like, no one's better at like, sort of like twisting the needle and just ramping it up. Like he's a master at that. He,
0: he, um, he was not one of the principals, but once it got going, he went to the store and bought about 10 gallons of gasoline and a (laughs) hundred matches and was just dousing everybody and setting them on fire. And just anytime it would die down, he would do something. And it, it, uh, we, there was accused, accu, I don't want to say who was involved, but there was accusations of colluding. Oh boy. Um, there was mom, mom jokes turned like that gone bad. And I, it, it, it was, I, I can't even describe it. So that was one thing. The other thing I want to mention is.
1: I will, I will, the last thing before you move on, I will just say, I will offer myself if I can be a peacekeeper as an independent third party <laughs> fantasy football guy, if I can, if I can help heal your, uh, your league, I will be happy to do so. That might be a good a
0: good job. Like, you know how they have dog walkers yeah. Like fantasy football, third party security blanket people. That so, might be a yeah. good one. Um, so, all right. Second thing. I, I don't want to, I don't want to betray anybody who's told me this, but the whole really high priced fantasy league thing mm-hmm. seems like it's gone to another level. I am not in one of these leagues, but the stories I've heard, and I know you wrote about this a little in your book and I'm sure people tell you stories, but it feels like this is becoming more and more of a thing, especially, you know, kind of unspoken, but people who are in leagues that are like $100,000, $200,000. The reason I mentioned it is Jalen just mentioned somewhere about how KD left a league that he was in where it was a lot of money like this. Are there more leagues like this out there than I think people would know?
1: Sure. I mean, so first off, Jalen's league, I don't know if it's a different league, but I know Jalen is in a league with like LeBron, And Draymond Green. Yeah. Is that the league? Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's like, it's Maverick Carter's in it, like, you know, a bunch of LeBron's guys. And um, so that's a big money league. And I've definitely heard of like Wall Street leagues. I've heard of like leagues with, you know, people that like own casinos that like, yeah, it's $100,000 to enter. It's, it's sometimes it's even more. So it's crazy. I think part of it is, part of it is because of, you know, sort of there is, there are high stake fantasy leagues. Like, so there are, Public ones that you can, you know, you can go to Vegas and, and there's a bunch of sites that offer it. And so it's like $1,500, $2,000 to enter with, you know, and you play against like 150 people. Um, so, so high stakes fantasy football has become sort of a category in of, in of itself. And then you add in like the DFS ad, aspect of it, like FanDuel and DraftKings and these big prize pools as well. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, if you can afford it. $10,000 or a hundred thousand. I don't know what the entry fee is for, for LeBron's league, but whatever it is, it's like me putting in a hundred bucks in a league. Right. I mean, so what, you know, what that guy can afford, what, what Jalen can afford, like some of those people, um, that are in that league that have, you know, incredible wealth, uh, you know, I, I just want to know they how they make pay each other
0: because you can't like give somebody a $10,000 check. I mean, I guess you could, but the, the higher the number is, the more suspicious I think the IRS would be. So I guess people would have to pay in cash or when they see each other, in person. So like Draymond's at a game. I'm not saying he's in a league like this. Maybe he is, but Draymond's in a league with, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan <laughs> Mitchell won. So the the Jazz are playing the Warriors and Draymond brings $10,000 to the game to have the ball boy. Like, I, I don't understand. I'd love to know how that part
1: of it works. I, I have no concept. I'm not in any kind of league like that. I mean, I play in a couple of reasonably high stake leagues where, you know, the, you know, like, a, you know, right. Reasonable, reasonable. Well, but you have I mean, five whatever. kids, including a I 21 year kids. old
0: who can do everything legally in this country. 100%. Why, why can you not totally rent a car at age 21, but you could have, you could have been in porn for three years by then. What are we doing wrong? That's a good question. Yeah, I That's for whoever your
1: answer. next guess is. Yeah. I have no <laughs> insight there. Kyle, I cannot Research help that. whatsoever. Okay. Google that Kyle. All right. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, you want to save nine on two for the tail end of this? You I think tell me. Yeah, I, let's save that's it what, for the like, tail like, end. Blah, blah, blah. I
1: talk fantasy football all I day, know. every day. So, all right. so we'll,
0: we'll zip through the fantasy so we can really get to <laughs> nine two. No, the most traumatic television experience of anyone's life. Um, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and do, uh, do a little preview. Hey, let's face it. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction do not get treated for it. That's bad. The thing most people don't realize, ED is like a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator that something more serious is going on like a heart issue or diabetes. Well, thankfully our sponsor Roman has created an easy discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-stop shop where licensed US physicians can diagnose your ED then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. With Roman, you don't have to wait in waiting rooms deal with any awkward face-to-face conversations or make any uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You just have to visit getroman.com slash bill, fill out a brief questionnaire, chat with the doctor, get real FDA-approved medication if recommended by your doctor, all prescribed online, delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go talk to a doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem guys don't tackle, but it's really important. And now with Roman, it's really easy to take care of for a free online visit. Go to getroman.com slash bill. Okay. We'll go 10 questions. I'm going to fire at you. Got it. And then we'll probably have 230 tangents in (laughs) between. Um, I just have to find, there we go. Okay. Um, First question. Why isn't Alvin Kamara the number one guy? What did he do wrong? Who's feeling, why Why haven't we just all agreed that he's the number one pick, the highest auction value guy in the league, whatever? What What's happening here?
1: Look, he's done nothing wrong. And if you had the number one pick and you drafted Alvin Kamara, I wouldn't look at you weird. And I don't think anyone would. I have him at number three in my ranks. Look, if there's one concern here, it's that he doesn't get the full workload, right? I mean, that he gets vultured at the goal line some by Latavius Murray. Yeah. Make no mistake. He's awesome. He's awesome. But if you look at sort of fantasy points per game, he wasn't the number one player last year. That was Saquon Barkley. You know, if you go just through the first 16 weeks, it was Christian McCaffrey. So listen, Kamara is awesome. And I'll give you a couple of stats on him. He's one of 10 players in the NFL with 80 or more catches each of the last two seasons. So there's 10 players with 80 or more catches the last two seasons. Only two of them are running backs. Camara and Christian McCaffrey. The rest obviously are wide receivers, right? Uh, he's had 15, sorry, 17 games with at least 15 touches. And in those games, he's averaging 26 fantasy points per game, which in ESPN would be like the number one guy. But talking to people um, that cover the Saints uh, here, the expectation is that Latavius Murray is going to be Mark Ingram. Like they, they do not want to increase Alvin Kamara's role because he's a, by running back standards, a slight guy. I mean, you know, he's bigger than, you know, some of the smaller running backs, but they don't think he's a guy that they want to have, you know, 25 touches a game. They they love the production they get. And then when they get in close, you know, uh, they give it to somebody like Murray, who I believe over the last four years is one of only three running backs to have at least six rushing touchdowns every season. The other two, Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram, who is obviously replacing. So
0: worst case scenario, he just has a season that resembles the last two seasons he's had. So Amazing. That would be about 1,600 yards from scrimmage. And he had 13 TDs as a rookie. He had 18 TDs last year. Is So you're telling me somebody's going to top that? Someone Somebody, did
1: last year. Someone topped that last but this year. Come, Saquon Barkley.
0: Right. But now Saquon Barkley, do you want any part of him in that Giants offense? You're going to take him first against the eight-man He's eight I have number one, so sure.
1: He's so your sure, number so, one? Saquon's my number one. Like I my ranks currently are Saquon McCaffrey Camara. Okay, make the case for uh, Saquon. So first off, over 2000 yards from scrimmage last year, a rushing touchdown or 100 plus yards in 15 to 16 games, 12 different fan 12 different games last year with over 20 fantasy points led all running backs. People say, like, well, what they didn't have Beckham. Okay, so the four games last year where they didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. Averaged over 20 fantasy points per game. He was the fifth best running back in fantasy. Look, that people are like, oh, well, the offensive line is bad. The offensive line was bad last year. He was the number one running back in fantasy. Uh, and so it's a team that isn't going to be very good, so they're going to throw the ball, which I, people don't realize this. They were, um, they were in the upper half of the league in terms of pass attempts last year. Like, so we talk about fantasy success coming from two things, talent. You're not going to argue with me on talent, right? And uh, opportunity. And so when you look around the giants with golden Tate missing four games, Sterling Shepard's banged up. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, you know, all due respect to Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler, the third, like it's Evan Ingram and it's Saquon Barkley is who they got to start off the season. And hopefully Shepard gets back in there. And then eventually they'll have Tate like his volume is going to be insane. Maybe he's not as efficient as he was last year, but the volume is going to be insane. And Pat Shermer's a good play caller. Like they'll figure out ways to get him in space. And it's all those dump offs. And, you know, he, he's going to catch a ton of ball. So I think just the volume for Saquon Barkley combined with the talent to me is what makes him the number one player. But again, it's all it's razor thin. Like if you if you had the number one pick in your draft and you went Kamara, you went Christian McCaffrey, you went Ezekiel Elliott. If we knew he, if he was in camp, you know, if yep. he reports tomorrow and you went Ezekiel Elliott at number one, I got no issue there. I, I wouldn't even have an issue with David Johnson at number one overall. So, Ooh, yeah, I mean, Kyle, I think there's Kyle like five just, guys.
0: Kyle just had an orgasmic gasp. I think you just spoiled his, uh, you know, I think Saquon Barkley, I've, I made this case last year multiple times. I think he's the best running back I've ever seen. Yeah. I, uh, I cannot figure out why teams wouldn't just devote everything possible to just stopping him and not worrying about anyone else in the Giants. I would almost use like in soccer where they have the, the person marking the striker, you know, the, the sweeper yeah. just follows the striker around the field. I would just use like two people on Barkley. Just like, go ahead.
1: Who, I, who else is beating us? Right. But I think they, I think they, well, they somewhat tried that last year towards the end, especially without, without Beckham. And I'm sure they'll try that this year, but I'm sure they're going to try to do uh, other things as well around. Uh, I had you know, him just, last to year. Out,
0: yeah. he, you know, you really could stack the line against him. You, the hope is eventually he's going to get through and do something. But I don't know. I just think Kamara is a safer bet. I guess it would depend. Like if I had the first pick in the draft, I just wouldn't want it. I would rather have like three, four or five and end up with one of those other people. And in an auction, you don't have to worry about it. But just right. in a snake in a snake draft for the fucking losers out there who still do snake drafts. You know who you are. We have like the loser convention and you're like, hey, let's do a snake draft. Let's, yeah. let's remove all the degree of difficulty from this. I, I don't want to litigate the so you and this. And you and I
1: went on a whole auction rant yeah, last year. Listen to our like, podcast from last year.
0: Look, it's fine. Have your cheeseburger without ketchup. Have your have your snake draft. Ridiculous. Like, my son should be in a snake draft. You know why? Because he's 11.
1: It's easier for him to follow. Um, Does your son play fantasy, No. He not yet. He, My
0: son, Odell, th- the story nobody's written yet is that Odell Beckham is ruining a generation of young boys between the ages of like eight and 13, who, when they have catches with their dads, only try to do one handed catches and they have small hands and they're jammed their fingers and they can't catch half of it. And it's like, he's just ruined everybody. It's like the step back three in basketball. All these idiot nine-year-olds are out there trying to be James Harden. It's like, why don't you learn how to shoot first? Right. Do a layup, a couple of fundamentals. Do a layup, make a 15 footer. My son, I'm yelling at him as we're playing catch, like, stop with the freaking Odell Beckham. What are you doing? But people, they just love it. They, kids love Odell Beckham, which I guess we should. he should be the next person we talk about. Sure. Um, but I want to finish the David Johnson thing for one second. If I yep. had the first pick in a snake draft, I'm at the loser convention now. I'm in a snake okay. draft. yep, yep. And I took David Johnson first. What's your reaction?
1: I'm fine with that. I'm a little surprised but I got no issue with it. I I, like, I think he's in that realm again, go back to fantasy uh, talent and opportunity. Okay. The opportunity is going to be there. Think about last year, everything in the world that could have gone wrong with the Arizona Cardinals did like one of the worst uh, historically terrible offense. David Johnson still finishes the ninth best running back in fantasy in a year where everything went wrong. So it's just, it's an incredibly high floor. Yes. 2017, he missed 15 games, but he's played all 16 games in uh, his other three NFL seasons last year, uh, he accounted for over 48% of the Arizona touches. It was the highest rate in the NFL. The usage is going to be off the charts. Kingsbury's already said, and like you watch some of that preseason game of the Cardinals and like what that Kingsbury system is based on, right? Is letting pressure in um, getting the ball out quickly, dumping off to the running back Um, three of the last four years that Kingsbury was at Texas tech, He was top 15 in FBS in terms of running back receptions, Mm. including, I think, top six his final year. So, like, a pass-catching running back is a big part of his offense, which should be higher-paced. Look, and we'll see if Kingsbury's system is going to work in the NFL from a win-loss perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, it should be fairly high-scoring, right? And so, and then you think about who do they have. Like, I like Christian Kirk as a sleeper. Everyone knows who Larry Fitzgerald is. But David Johnson might catch 100 balls. In that offense, like it's a bad offensive line. But again, Kyler Murray, because he's going to be behind a bad offensive line and getting the ball out quickly, he's going to dump it off to David Johnson all day, every day. So here's a guy that's, you know, super talented, going to touch the ball a ton on an offense that that we think will be um, uh, fairly fast pace and fantasy friendly. So, yeah, I mean, I just think, again, volume and talent for David Johnson. It's like people are contractually obligated to
0: say bad offensive line when they talk about anyone on the Cardinals. You what have if, to. What if it's not that bad? What if it looks like a D-minus right now, but it might end up being like a C-plus?
1: I think Arizona would be very excited about that, and everyone that drafts um, Kyler Murray mm. uh, would be uh, would, Peter Schrager's Kyler Murray. Peter be, Schrager's uh, guy. He's, yeah. he's calling him now. He's a sleeper. Right. Um, Schrager's. I, I I love Peter. I think he does a great job. Uh, no, he's so happy
0: right now. We're talking about him. The Jets, um, the next Jets GM. I,
1: <laughs> how crazy was that? Um, but the uh the uh, Kyler Murray, I got a great Kyler Murray stat for you, which I absolutely love. Yeah, one of the reasons why I'm so high on him. Again, I like I am as a top eight fantasy quarterback this year. So last year, he was one of the first. He was only the second player in FBS history to throw for over 4,000 yards and run for over 1,000. Do you know who the other one was? Tim Tebow? No. (laughs) Second player in college in FBS to um, throw for over 4,000, run for 1,000. Who is it? It's a super obvious guy. Who
0: is it? Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson.
1: Who, obviously, his rookie year, he was the number one player in fantasy until he got hurt. Peter Schroeder just said that uh, he just predicted Star Wars was going to be huge in the (laughs) summer. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, uh, with Kyler Murray, the other piece of it that I don't think people realize everyone knows. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a good runner. He's an athletic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. This guy is a great passer. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was just as accurate as Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, who was already one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He basically had the exact same accuracy numbers at, at Oklahoma that Baker Mayfield did the year before. And by the way, if you look at the average depth of the target, like he was chucking it down the field. These weren't like, he wasn't super accurate because he was dumping it off. Like they were chucking it. And so I, I just, I think he is a special guy in the way that Patrick Mahomes is a special guy in the way that, you know, some of the other quarterbacks in the end the way that Aaron Rodgers is a special guy. I think Kyler Murray is a special guy. And I think he will, um, I think because, especially because of the running, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rogers, uh, you know, from an NFL perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, I think he's a special guy.
0: I also like him. And as you know, I love to try to get multiple guys from the same team, try to pick an offense. Um, I'm not giving away really any secrets because I haven't won my league in 12 years and nobody in my league takes me seriously anymore. <laughs> I think that's why they don't vote me out. Um, because I do yeah, things like- they got an like,
1: easy W. Why, why well, are you getting rid of the, the easy W? No, it's, gotta,
0: it's it's worse than that. It's because I finish third every year with a really good team and then something goes wrong. That's my legacy. I'm like the pre-2004 Red Sox.
1: But, right, so they, they love torturing you with that. Yeah. That's what it is. And the other thing is every year- Me mentally you, I breaking don't know how many, down from it. Right, well, you and I have done this podcast literally- since 2008. And every year you, you spend at least three minutes saying, I hope they vote me out. This is probably my year to vote me out. Yeah. You always do that. You always have this, this rant. And of course they never will because that's what you want. And Damashek claims, I'm, I'm trying to reverse
0: Jedi mind trick them with all of it. But I, I really do feel like if they voted me out, it would be like they've relieved my pain <laughs> for four months. It'd be like going on morphine if I was in the hospital with some terrible injury. Um, but here's the thing, we would have that to be happened, disappointed by David Johnson as he gets hurt in week four. No, you you uh,
1: take that out of your mouth. You stop saying that. <laughs> uh, but it will be, uh, I'll tell you what it will be. It'll be like, as soon as you get voted out, Yeah. Then, then something else will like, your kids will come to you and want to play with you or like Jimmy or no. somebody will suck you into a league that you don't want to be in, oh, but yeah. you
0: have to do that. Well, you know what? Uh, so I had left my league, but the first league I was ever in. I was in a fantasy league, I think in 1990, it was a bunch of my high school friends and their Colgate buddies. And this was back in the day. I've, I've, we've discussed it before where my friend Camp was the commissioner and he would tally the stats on Monday from USA Today and then mail us the standings after Monday night. And then that would, <laughs> yeah. we'd get the standings on Thursday and find out if we won or not. Like that's how long we've been doing this. So I left and then they were like, giving me shit because I'm turning 50 this year. You got to come back. And uh, so I came back and it was great because it w- it's just a completely uh, politically incorrect email threads and like just a bunch, of, a bunch of guys from another era, just mom jokes left and right, right and just all the same stuff. And it was great. But this is the league where we have two starting quarterbacks, oh. which is another one because I think there's more than 10 good quarterbacks. And I think it's ludicrous that Patrick Mahomes isn't a top five guy. Doesn't make sense to me.
1: So a couple things there. First off, there's way more than 10 good quarterbacks. I mean, there's like twenty yeah. good quarterbacks. I mean, uh, like on ESPN.com, uh, people like Philip Rivers and uh, you know, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson Your and guy Jameis Josh Winston. Allen. Your guy right, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. had a huge last six weeks. Number one from week twelve on last year, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback yeah. in fantasy. Did you know that, twelve Kyle? through seventeen. No.
0: Josh fucking Allen was our number one quarterback the
1: last six weeks of the year. There you go, which just goes to show you the the power of, of power of rushing. But again, like, so quarterback is insanely deep into your, the other thing there is by the way, I was just about to bring this up. Super flex leagues are so much fun. They're unbelievably fun. So I'm in a bunch of them. And in essence, the usually how they, they work is quarterback two running backs, a couple of wide receivers, two or three, a tight end, and then four flex spots. One of those flex spots can be a second quarterback. So, yeah. in essence, it becomes a second quarterback league, but then you mix and match. I've also seen other leagues that, in addition to the super flex, have, have tight end premium scoring. So it's PPR, but like a tight end would get 1.5 points per reception to sort of help elevate uh, tight end. Well, you then, know, like, if
0: you... you know how I feel about PPR. Now, now we're Dungeons and Dragons in fantasy football. It's, it's like, <laughs> The guy, the guy's going backwards for a five-yard loss on a screen pass and gets a point. But gets Be, a point. Yeah, that, it's the, dumb, the dumbest thing we've ever... Somehow, people are just bored by fantasy, I think, and somehow PPR took the day. It's almost like when a bad presidential candidate wins. I'm not naming names. Right. But when people are just like, ah, I can't. Ah, and then, oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> but PPR just took a life of its own, and it's inexplicable to me. The two-quarterback thing in the Superflex... Superplex this was a reaction really to, initially with fantasy football, the quarterbacks just, you know, obviously you would take them first to have the most points. So then we figured we started adding other positions and then we devalued them to the point that on our fantasy football show, uh, they did a whole thing about a top 50 and Mahomes wasn't in the top 50 because well, we it's just, like, why would you take them in the top 50? There's 20 quarterbacks. You only need one. It's not enough of a difference.
1: Yeah, no, I literally just came from taping the quarterback's episode of the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. They wanted to make sure I got in the plug for ESPN Plus, which is mm. by the way, four ninety nine a month. Um, and you get uh you get Peyton's places and you get uh thirty for thirty oh, the you, thirty for thirty library bill. Yeah. Um it's a bunch of good stuff there. And UFC? you get the fantasy show. I'm sorry, UFC. You you get you get UFC. You get always late with Katie Nolan. You get uh, get lots of great stuff. So yeah. you get uh, Ariel and the bot uh, and the bad guy. Get college football anyway. Get LeBron's show. You get Kevin Durant show. Kobe show. Uh, so anyway, uh, great stuff. 49 a month, ESPN Plus. All right. So oh anyway, we just finished. We just finished the uh, the quarterback show, and we were talking about it, like just how crazy it is. So I have Patrick Mahomes as uh, my number one quarterback, but I'm at twenty nine overall. End of the third round, um, and I, I think there's no way that he lasts to that. There's there's going to be one guy in every league that drafts him in the first round or the second round, um, and
0: that guy is drunk.
1: Well, no, it just listen. I, I mean, it all depends on whether you believe or not if if he he can do it again. Well, but as like, you
0: know, I'm a quarterbacks guy. Yeah. In in auctions, I like to have like four or five. I always feel like you can trade <laughs> them. I, you know, if I want to have last year, I played it perfectly and I had three really good guys and I, and I actually was having real fun trying to decide which guy to start every week, but I would just rather do that than take some running back. I'm not excited about, you know,
1: quarterbacks are a lot more fun. The argument there obviously is again, the position is so deep, which goes to your point about a super flex league, which, and by the way, when you do a super flex league, no defense, no kicker, which again is also, also great. I'll go back to your PPR comment. I do like, I like
0: having kickers. Do you? I Yeah, because either one time a year, you're either, Justin Tucker wins because he had six field goals or you have like the, who always has a terrible kicker? Who's the team that always gets screwed by their kickers? The Vikings? The Browns for many years. Or the Browns, whoever. You have that kicker and he misses three field goals, misses a 22 yarder and he loses by one point. It's a fun Two years ago,
1: the Chargers had an awful kicker. Yeah, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've had multiple ones. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Anyway, I think the 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 one of the things that PPR does, or half point PPR, which is a lot more popular these days as well, is that because there's so many running back by committees, yeah. In essence, the PPR makes guys like James White super valuable, right? Be you know, running backs that in a traditional fantasy league wouldn't be all that valuable, but you know, in in PPR scoring just like they are in real life, James White's is super valuable. Listen, if we're coming up with rules to make James White super
0: valuable, we're doing something wrong. St- I'm gonna, Stop, I, that gonna guy got case. you a Super Bowl. I, I don't want to hear it from fine. you. That He's guy a, got you a Super Bowl. A third down back. I need to have him on my fantasy team? Get the F out of here. Come on. I want to have like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on my team. I'm pro
1: Superflex. We are we, are in, we are in agreement there. Uh, both pro super flex. Here's and the Mahomes other thing about Monster fantasy.
0: Year. It's like, the argument, people use the argument either way, right? Well, it's, you know, like Robert Mays who works for the ringers. Like, oh, yeah. he wants fantasy football to kind of reflect real football. And it's like, well, first of all, we're drafting all players from 32 different teams and throwing right. them together, which is ludicrous. So we're already not reflecting football. We don't have offensive lines. We don't have coaches.
1: Like, this is already have,
0: ridiculous. They, and you don't, don't have caps, it, like, Yeah, right.
1: Like, I've heard of, I've heard of leagues that do that, that literally like have, you know, 55 man rosters and there are 32 teams in the league and like it's super deep and detailed and everything like that. But those are few and far between. I think Robert Mays is great. I think that idea is crazy. Wow. Fa- to- it's fantasy football. It should be fun, right? And you know what's fun is watching superstars score points. Like it, it's fun to have high scoring games. It's fun to have, you know, the guys that you're going to see in the highlight shows, the guys that are, you know, it's like, I don't know. I think that's, there is to me, that's what's to fun about it.
0: The super flex to... You don't necessarily have to take a quarterback. No. You know, no, you could you could stack it the other way. I mean, it would be
1: Yeah. In generally it, it's tough to win without two quarterbacks, but like yes, again, if you're you're in a deeper league or like it's a bye week, something like that, you you know, you you luck into somebody that's uh, that just is sort of you know kind of blown up in a big way. Um, then wow. yeah. All right, yeah, so like so James the... Conner. You luck into James Conner, you could throw him into your flex. Anyway, you just it's I think it's more strategy. I think there's more strategy in filling out your lineup on a week-to-week basis and also constructing your roster on draft day in a super flex league. So it's it's a it's a lot of fun. I'm in a a lot of leagues and trying to convince uh ESPN to uh to do more of it. The move
0: which I've been advocating really since fantasy basketball in the late 90s with the Davis brothers where I wanted to merge them together and call them Antonio Antona Dale Davis, <laughs> right? Um, and just combine their stats and turn them into basically Carl Malone or whoever. The move is you—you you, you should be able to have one merger. Each team should have a merger guy, and you should just all agree before the draft, right? So with the Patriots, it could be like you get Sony Michelle and James White. You just get to combine them into a Frankenstein monster.
1: Well, you know, and it's throw that
0: person in the, and throw that combo person into your draft.
1: There are people that play in a sort of that. They don't call it like Frankenstein or merger, but there are t- people that will play like team RB. So in essence, you could yeah. wrap Patriots running backs and just basically, whether it's, whether it's white, whether it's Sony Michelle, whether it's Damien Harris, whether Rex Burkhead or James Devlin, you get something, you get all the points that the Patriots running back score. And so kind of, like I, I find that. that to be fun. Like, you know, team wide receiver, team quarterback, team running back. I've well, seen the, the move is versions. to do
0: that with tight ends, right? Yeah, To have team tight ends. And then if you have like a Pittsburgh situation where they always have some random white guy with big forearms catching <laughs> balls you've never
1: heard of, then you get that guy. Say, like, hey, new white guy. All right. Yeah. Six By the way, the touchdown, the random white guy tight end for Pittsburgh this year is Vance McDonald. He's going to have a monster year. He's he's got a lot of people on the bandwagon. I love, love Vance, Vance McDonald. But this my- was
0: what happened to my man George Kittle last year. What do you mean happened? He blew
1: up. He blew up. About? I know it was but awesome.
0: I, I but I had him the whole year. I felt like I was in the front row. Now he's being compared to Rob Gronkowski. What's audible to that question? Okay. What's the audible to that question? No, I'm gonna audible to that question because okay. I had that question for you. Oh, oh, George Kittle. I no. mean, I had George oh. who who's is George Kittle? Gronk is gone. Right, We've lost Gronk. Um, Sal spent $30 for Gronk last year. I just want to mention that. Um, <laughs> it did not work out for yeah, him. I was laughing the whole time. He's like, why are you laughing? That's your guy. I'm like, good luck with that one. He's like a blocker this year. Um, George Kittle. Is he number the guy two tied in. or is it Travis? Kelsey is now the guy who, who is now Kelsey's the, guy? the guy. I mean, I okay. have
1: Kelsey at one, uh, but I've Kittle at two. Zach Ertz at three. I will say that we did, we, we studied this and we looked at it and, Uh, Last year, the top three tight ends, the big three, Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz, were 60% better than the rest of the remaining 10 starters. So Mm. one through three were 60% better than four through 10 among tight ends. And for the previous five years in general, on average, the top three fantasy tight ends, whoever they are, like, you know, years where Gronk was awesome, the top three tight ends were basically about 30% better than tight ends four through 10. So, in essence, last year, those big three were more than double what the previous five years were. In other words, it was a historic season, and it is unlikely to come back and happen again so if if there's one guy that I think doesn't regress, it's Travis Kelsey, right, who has led the position in scoring three straight seasons. He's had at least you know eight hundred yards in every season he's been in the n f l uh Last four season, he's got 27 touchdown receptions. That's most among tight ends. Uh, least likely chief to get arrested. He's got least that. Li- <laughs> least <laughs> likely chief to get arrested. Yeah, put
0: that in your in your scouting. Although report honestly,
1: for him. I actually I don't know if that's true. <laughs> maybe let's be honest. Maybe top five. Top five yeah, least likely like, chiefs. Yeah, I don't want to like, leave
0: out a couple of the other least likely chiefs.
1: Let's be clear. What crime could Patrick Mahomes commit in Kansas City well, and was, get arrested? Yeah, but that was, I was talking skill position
0: guys. No, Patrick. All right, fair enough. Patrick Mahomes could be like Scott Con's Varsity Blues character, just driving around naked in a jeep at midnight in Kansas City. They're letting he, him go. He's got to
1: be above the law. There, he is. He's above Le, the law. yeah above the law. Yeah. So anyway, so Kelsey, I think, is by far the most consistent. It, it, so Kittle, Kittle, I think, is a super talented player, but. Think about last year, which was just such a weird year for the 49ers. Garoppolo goes down, C.J. Beathard, then you've got Nick Mullins, other guys at the wide receiver position in and out. They couldn't run the ball. There's so many yards after the catch with Kittle, which, by the way, which is part of his skill set. But listen, like I said, I have him as my number two tight end. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm a believer in George Kittle. Can I give you a stat? Go ahead. What do you got? Look at you with stats.
0: Do you know how many yards... George Kittle receiving yards George Kittle got taken away by penalty last year I actually don't 3,500 yards (laughs) I know that seems impossible but I had him on my team and that's what it felt like it was 3,500 yards he was the master of the George Kittle oh there's a flag I don't know how many times or maybe it just happened the five times I was watching George Kittle I'm pro George Kittle but there's, there's the Jimmy G buzz our guy Jimmy G Kyle I, the Jimmy G buzz is not good. He he's not looked good in the uh in the preseason. Well oh, a, no. a little really? there's a little stinkiness coming out of the San Francisco area. There
1: there are there are some that um uh that I've heard some whispers. I'm uh that there's some people that think that, you know, honestly, that that he's not that much of an upgrade over Nick Mullins.
0: Wow. No, no, oh man, hold on. No. Kyle's gotta take a walk. Nope. that's our guy. No, nope. we adopted Jimmy G two years ago. Wait, well, he, he's coming off the ACL. Yeah. And that's another thing with your guy, Cooper cup, who's also my guy. I love Cooper cup, but you know, ACL injury, what nine months ago, 10 months ago. I, 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 that always makes me, I always file that one away. It always makes me
1: a wee bit nervous. Fair enough. Just to, just to um, close the loop on Kittle and Ertz. They're currently going in the second or third round. And I'm, I'm just, again, I have Kittle at two Ertz at three among my tight ends. I just think in terms of roster construction, that's a little bit too pricer for me. I would rather go deeper into to the wide receivers. Love it. Evan Ingram this year, Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard. I just mentioned yeah. Vance McDonald. There's I like Some other Ingram. guys going deeper. What yeah. about
0: the the random Patriot that's going to catch 12, pay, 12 touchdowns this year? The random
1: Patriot tight end. That's I still don't know happen. who it is. There's it's seven not-
0: candidates. One of them, oh, Brady's going to adopt one of them. Maybe.
1: I don't oh, think so. I'm down on your guy, Brady, by the way.
0: I know. Let's talk about that. We'll take a All break. Right. Hey, here's an insider travel secret from Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight teams up with awesome hotels to help them sell their, these rooms and then pass those savings along to you. It's your one-stop shop for booking cool top-rated hotels and incredible values. Their name is Hotel Tonight, but you can actually book in advance. Perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. This summer, score in an extra amazing deal with Hotel Tonight's daily drop feature. In most cities, you can use Daily Drop to unlock a special deal at a hotel selected just for you. Once your deal is unlocked, move quickly. You only have 15 minutes to book. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. Great way to take an even more spontaneous trip because you never know what you're going to get. From staycations to weekend getaways, great hotel deals are just one swipe away. I am on a parent soccer text thread right now trying to uh, scramble for hotel reservations for this tournament. My daughter's team is in. Guess what I texted to everybody? Go to Hotel Tonight. There are some deals. And there were. Go to HotelTonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop. Here's the thing with Brady. Wasn't that great last year? And he's 42 years old and has the least amount of weapons he's ever had. Yeah. But my guy, Jacoby Myers, has looked good. So I was thinking, this is how, you know how Trump... I did a whole thing on, on my pod a couple weeks ago where Trump will short the stock market. He'll, the stock market will be doing so well, he'll just say something crazy, and make it go down, and then he probably like high fives people. I think you could do this with, you could pick a football player and just blow him completely out of proportion just for your own amusement. <laughs> you could take Jacoby Myers right now and just every time you do a hit or every podcast, everything right. for the next four weeks, make it seem like he's going to be Marvin Harrison in 2005 and just see how high he goes. Could you swing the market with one guy? Have you ever tested this?
1: Uh, I have, and I, I have swung the market, um, you know, in certain times. And sometimes it really works out like uh, with Kareem Hunt, his, his his rookie year. I was yeah. high in Mahomes last year. Aaron Jones is another guy from preseason last year who was just not being drafted at all. And I was just like, you know, finishes a top twenty guy, and then there are times like you know Michael Vick in two thousand eleven, where I swung the mark, and I was completely wrong to do so. So, oh no, uh, yeah, that was like my space. And I've I've already heard from uh, you know, um, uh, you know people people are not happy. Patriots fans are not happy that I I have Tom ranked as low as he is. And like, look, he he is the goat. He is he is legitimately like should be a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, right? It,
0: it happens. He get he's in forty two. I don't take it personally.
1: Well, I appreciate That's that. You're you are a also like Patriots his, fan.
0: his December, you know, the last couple of years, when you're actually trying to win your fantasy league, it's not like he's been lights out. So, no, you know, hasn't. you need like the Josh Allen rando in December, yeah. not Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, to your point. I mean, so last year, he was the 18th best quarterback on a points-per-game basis. Mm. Okay, so he, he was already, he was QB 18. And that was with Gronk. Even though Gronk wasn't Gronk last year, He's still, he's still somebody that you have to defend. He's still a great run blocker. He's still somebody that you have to deal with. Over the course of Tom Brady's career, in games in which he's played without Rob Gronkowski, he averages over 18% less fantasy points per game mm. than with Gronk in the lineup. Mm. Okay. Patriots last year were fifth highest in run percentage and ninth highest in red zone run percentage. So you're just like, to your point, Bill, like, so Tom Brady doesn't really add much with his legs. He'll have a couple of quarterback sneaks, but he's obviously not running a lot. And so like, you're the Patriots and you've got, right, a 41, 42 year old quarterback and you obviously have Super Bowl designs. Why are you going to risk him? Like, just hand the ball off. Like, well, you, but you,
0: that was the key part is they, they stumbled into who they became the last like five, six weeks of the season, the playoffs where they just started pounding the ball with the run game. And, and they won
1: the Super Bowl. And they like, won the so Super Bowl. So why would Bowl? they go away from that?
0: They're not going to. I, I fully right. support I think I think he's a backup. I, I saw you you were worried about Breeze, too. I'm not obviously worried about him, just that he's old. But I still feel like Breeze is a little more reliable as a bet than Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, and I have I have Breeze higher. Yeah. Um, but I have him outside my top 10. Because, again, same thing. Drew Breeze doesn't run, right? Last two years, he's averaging 33 pass attempts per game. That is 16th among quarterbacks, among qualified quarterbacks in that frame. So he's basically middle of the pack in terms of pass attempts, right? Believe it or not, the Saints, the last two years have led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons why Ingram is so valuable, why Kamara is that. And so same thing, like he's 40 years old. And by the way, look at his home road splits. Like when he's outside of a dome, he struggles. Like Drew Brees absolutely killed fantasy managers last year towards the playoffs because he was so brutal down the stretch. Cause he had that three game stretch where it was like, he was at Carolina. I think it was at Tampa Bay, some other game. And but you know what the move
0: is, is you, you, you take like five quarterbacks and then you just take, you cherry pick the five best breeze dome games. Right.
1: Yeah. So you, you have discussed this before you're, you're taking multiple quarterbacks. Yeah. And I cannot in any way endorse this. It is, (laughs) it is a terrible idea. I love love you, but this is the dumbest idea. I love it. It's different.
0: Hey, when people are zigging, I'm zagging. (laughs) (laughs) What what are you doing? (laughs) You, you, this might be the year I take six. Ugh, oh my God! Good God. I take either I get voted out or I end up with six quarterbacks.
1: Wait, so we—that's what you do. You're just trying to sabotage. Well, that's why you can't get voted out of the league because they're like, oh, we got to keep Simmons and he's going to take six quarterbacks and lose every week.
0: Yeah, great. That's little, what I'm going to do. Keep me yeah. in the league. I'm going to do that again. Neither of us like Russell Wilson. I had him last year. I think. I think. I think we're at the tail end of the Russell Wilson fantasy thing, and I, I have, I have something even crazier to say. Okay, this could be the year he just kind of shows up on the waiver wire in like week six. Wow. Where you're like, wow, Russell Wilson's on the waiver wire.
1: What happened? Well, it's the it's, run heavy play. Team. Yeah. Listen, he's a, again, similar to Breeze, similar to Brady, a great NFL quarterback. Now I have Russell Wilson ranked ahead of both Breeze and Brady, but the problem is, is that he's not running anymore. No rushing touchdowns last year. And in fact, he was a guy that had, I believe, 11 rushing touchdowns in his uh, his first three NFL seasons. And in the four seasons since, he has five rushing touchdowns total. It's the run-heaviest team in the NFL. And I know the people that would that would argue for Russell Wilson's fantasy value would say, well, he was hurt last year. Maybe he'll run more this year. But I don't he's think hurt so. Like, year. like, so his rushing is down. It's the run-heaviest team in the NFL. And he was insanely um, uh, uh, lucky last year. Like, he's always been very efficient. But generally, yeah. his so, but last year he scored in an absurd rate. Same with Tyler Lockett. And so, if you expect Russell Wilson just to regress to his career means and then he's his career level and then he's not running, it's hard to to justify a high fantasy pick on him. Again, think about this, Bill. Last year his touchdown rate was over eight percent, which was a career high, and you know not normally it's around five percent, and which five percent is pretty high, but eight percent was off the charts. And even with that he still finishes the ninth best quarterback in fantasy. He just, you know, looks, he's, again, he is a high floor guy. He's a great real life NFL quarterback, but unless the rushing comes back, it's hard to see him as a viable fantasy and starter. Why, and
0: why would it come or back? A low then, end,
1: he's going to be a low end QB one is what he is.
0: They're not going to jeopardize him. I think there's an outside chances on the waiver this year. And one of the reasons is Doug Baldwin left and they replaced him with basically an Instagram model. The guy they drafted. <laughs> <laughs> right. All he's going to be doing is like flexing his biceps on the sidelines. I'm not sold on that guy at all.
1: Um, I will say there's a guy named David Moore that I liked a lot. What team
0: was he on before that? David David Moore? Moore. Was he a Carolina? He's been with, I think he's been with Seattle Seattle? for the whole time. He's a
1: a young guy that they found. I feel like I had a cup of of coffee with him.
0: Might have had had a date with him on a a free agent wire. Um, Next question. Mayfield, Odell, Nick Chubb, Is this the new big three for fantasy?
1: All in hundred percent. I'm
0: here's here's my here's my the only take I really care about in this whole podcast, other than the fact that people are in snake drafts and use PPR losers. Nick Chubb was a fucking rock star last year. Yep. They they trade for Kareem Hunt or however they got him. They signed him. Yep. They signed him. And then everybody's kind of off Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt's there, too. Oh, my God. Well, guess what? Kareem Hunt's not going to be there for eight weeks. And Nick Chubb is going to kick ass. And when by the time Kareem Hunt comes back, they're going to be like, cool. <laughs> Nick Chubb's on pace for 1,400 yards and 15 TDs. I'm all in on Nick Chubb. I thought he was great last year. I think he'll be even better this year now that they have Odell and Baker's been a year longer. And, and you pointed out in your piece that you just wrote about Baker, the way he's throwing downfield. Which all that's going to do is open up more for Nick Chubb. I fucking love Nick Chubb. I don't get it.
1: Fourth in the NFL in rushing yards from week seven on last year. Mm. First in, yar- in, in, first in uh, yards after first contact per carry, 2.41. Uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Knocking he dudes. Two- he
0: was knocking dudes over last year, is what yes. he was doing.
1: I'm sorry, just 2.41 yards after first contact per carry last year. That was fourth best in the NFL, not first, sorry. But still, he was a rock star. It was the best rate among rookies, better than Saquon Barkley, better than anyone. And to your point, like, Freddie Kitchens took over that offense in the middle of the year. So now you've got a, a full year of Freddie Kitchens being able to be like, this is the offense I want. I don't have to. You know, I don't have to adhere to what Hugh Jackson wanted. Um, You know, they brought in Todd Bunkin, who's a very creative offensive mind as well. And so, yeah, setting up play action. And to your point about Beckham, like Beckham, Landry, Rashad Higgins, David Njoku, once Callaway comes back, like they've got some guys that can, you know, they can really stretch the field, which is going to open up things for Nick Chubb. The offensive line is a question mark here, but... I'm with you. I think Nick Chubb's going to have a monster season. Kareem Hunt can't play until week 10 because there's a bye week in there during his suspension. So I'm with you. Like people, this is one piece of fantasy analysis that I don't think gets brought up a lot, uh, which is like a locker room and a team is like any other workplace in this sense, right? There's politics involved and everyone you think about, like there may be a guy at your work. Where you may not a, a man or a woman that you don't think is really up to the job, but they have the right connections, or um, they've just been there forever, or whatever, and they're the person. Like football teams are the same way. To your point, Bill, if Nick Chubb is crushing, there's no way they all of a sudden say, "All right, thanks, Nick Chubb, you take a seat." Here comes Cream Hunt. He'll be a change of pace back. Maybe they'll put two guys in the backfield, but you know, and there's going to be a guy named Dontrell Hilliard who's going to be their passing down back. But yeah, Nick Chubb should, should command a tremendous. Or, amount of volume for the Cleveland Browns, or you get eight great weeks out of them. Yeah, you
0: could also trade him after week six to the dumbass in your league who doesn't realize Kareem Hunt's coming back, and you know traded for a premium guy. I'm also, as I said earlier, I love having the offenses. And look, Cleveland's getting more smoke blown up their butts than anybody. I get it, but I actually think, in a weird way, it's the only reason people have have either doubted it or cooled off on them a little because they're like, ah, too many people like Cleveland or too many people like Baker. It's like, no, no, just embrace it. Baker's going to yeah. be awesome. Nick Chubb's going to be awesome. And if Odell can do basically the Randy Moss when Moss was on that terrible 06 Raiders team and then came to the Pats and was with the right quarterback at the yep. right time in his career, and he makes a jump. I In my opinion, I think Thomas is, is the number one receiver, but I think Beckham
1: is 1B. So I have Devonte Adams at one, DeAndre Hopkins at two. I have Beckham at three. But I will say, so at some point uh, in this preseason, I'll write a bold predictions piece. Yeah. And my bold predictions for the Brown is that, Odell, to your exactly your point there with the, the Randy Moss era, that Odell Beckham Jr. has the greatest fantasy season by a wide receiver ever. Like, I'm but not that, saying it's but likely. But
0: that's what's fun to take him. And that's why I think he'll yeah. go before those other two guys, because the upside of his 2019 season is just higher than those
1: other two guys. Yeah. And and it's one of the reasons why I mean, just think about Odell Beckham Jr. the only player that has more scored more fantasy points per game since Beckham came into the league is Antonio Brown. And he's done that with Eli. And so wow. now he's got a guy in Baker Mayfield <laughs> and you you reference my love hate article um that's up on espn.com getting a plug in yeah. that uh that he that once Freddie Kitchens took over, he was one of the most accurate deep passers in the NFL. And so now you, and he did that without Odell Beckham Jr. As a rookie, learning this offense on the fly. So now he's had a full year. Again, Kitchens is going to design the offense to do what he does well, where he's comfortable. And you add a guy like Beckham that you just need to get near in the, in the area code of Beckham and he's coming down with it. So yeah, health is the only thing that can derail Beckham this year, I believe. Also more
0: just fun to have the Browns. It could be one of those things you're just like, I'm getting all three. We have a guy in our league and then we want him with the South, Paul Cohurst who has been on this whole draft, the whole offense kick for years. Mm -hmm. And of course he's won like three times this decade, (laughs) but the Browns are one of those like, yeah, just get everybody. If you think they're going to score 30 plus points a game. I mean, I, I love Baker. I mean, that's not a controversial uh, opinion, but I just think he's really talented, really fun to watch
1: Mort Uh, is uh, in the, in the, in the ESPN fantasy war room league. Mort's one of those guys that he sort of picks an offense and every just year he just, it. Ra- he just, he's, he stacks them. Like, you know, you know, he, he was on the Colts, I think last year. And, um, he's, he's pretty good too, by the way, Mort's a really good fantasy player, but yeah, you, he, he's a guy that like, just like, he'll grab the quarterback and a couple of people. Like he just likes to stack, pick an offense and just be like, that's my offense.
0: Um, let's fly through some stuff. Cause I really want to talk about nine. Yeah, yeah, so give me some okay, quick. quick answers on this.
1: Yes, sir. Um,
0: here, here are a couple offenses. I do not like. Offenses I do not want people from. Okay. The Titans of Tennessee. 100% agree. The Jets of New York slash New Jersey. I'm good. Also I'm agree. good with I think, all Jets. I, think
1: I do think Jamison Crowder is interesting late. Great. Um, he can be on and, someone else's team. And um, I will, for whatever it's worth, Dan Orlovsky, who I think is really bright and does a great job for us, was just on my show today. And I asked him for a breakout quarterback and he gave me Sam Darnold. Take that for what what you take. But I'm with you. I, I think the Jets are late round sleeper guys. I'm out on on this year. So uh, I'm with you on uh, Here's the case against yep. Sam Darnold.
0: Okay. Most Jets fans are also Mets fans. <laughs> You're
1: right. All right.
0: And they've already hit the lottery this year with Pete Alonzo. It's not happening twice because <laughs> Jets fans slash Mets fans hate themselves and hate life. <laughs> and two good things in one year cannot happen to them. And they know it. The funny yeah. thing is they know I'm right. Um <laughs> another offense that I don't like. I forgot how much I enjoy you trolling other sports yeah, yeah. other this other is, fan bases. This is you bring the best out of me. Um here's an offense I don't like that isn't a chic pick for an offense I don't like. Carolina. Because mm-hmm. you have McCaffrey as a alleged yeah. top three guy. Whoever else is the scope positions, whoever their rando receivers are this well, year.
1: I like DJ Moore quite a bit. I know sure. everyone's on Curtis Samuel. Okay. And he's great. having a great camp, but Wonderful. I'm, I'm a DJ Moore guy still.
0: Wonderful. I hope they're not on my team. And then Cam Newton, who it's like, yeah, he's doing fine. I don't trust him. I, to me, he's like the Andrew Luck of the NFC. Um, he's not going to be on my team. And I don't trust that he's going to be a hundred percent. And if he's not a hundred percent, um, right. I definitely don't want. So I'm staying away from the Panthers is my take on that. Are you okay with that?
1: I'm okay with it for you. I I disagree with it. Like I said, I have McCaffrey as a top three player. I told you you wouldn't like it. I have McCaffrey as a top two player. I have Cam as a top 10 quarterback. And I have DJ Moore as a a sleeper. I mean, a lot of people like him, but I am as a love. And a lot of people like Curtis Samuel as well. And Greg Olson's going so late in drafts that if he can stay healthy, he's another one of those guys. Like. He'll Be fine, so is McCaffrey? I, I'm not the, with you on the I'm not with you on avoiding Carolina.
0: Is McCaffrey the first white guy to be drafted number one in a fantasy league? How about that question?
1: That is a good question. Well, back in the day, I mean, Brent Favre think. was drafted number one back in the day when Brett people Favre were drafting was? quarterbacks
0: early. Yeah, back in the day, um, Kyle loves this question, he's like racking his brain now. If anyone a, can come up with an answer to that one, that'd be great.
1: Oh, first overall. I mean listen, first Jordy Nelson, there were probably some league. There were was some, some years Jody where Jordy Wilson Nelson was, was no drafted.
0: Not first overall. You think Tom Brady was ever? No. No. Gronk. Farm no. definitely
1: was back in the day. Like I am telling you, there was a there was an era there in like the nineties where people were drafting quarterbacks in the first round and yeah, you know, going we were, really early.
0: We were all drunk. Um your favorite rookie running back is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, correct? Correct. It seems like everybody's in on Josh Jacobs. I don't trust it for some reason. It makes me nervous. Mm. I have John Gruden there. I have David Carr, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, yep. I have the completely insane Antonio Brown. I have a team that's about to move to Las Vegas in a year.
1: Hey, I'm just I'm gonna keep my guard up. Is that all right? You're welcome to. I think Josh Jacobs is another I just I think he's a special kid. And listen, John Gruden, number one running backs in the 12 years he's been a head coach, have averaged 257 touches a game. Josh Jacobs, they're using him in practice. They're using him in the slot. They're using him outside. They're going to put him in the passing game. I actually interviewed Josh Jacobs. Turns out he played quarterback at high school. Now he was a wildcat quarterback, Ooh, right? How's but, he
0: not on the Patriots? <laughs> That's our specialty.
1: Right. Uh, I bet you if he'd lasted a few more rounds, he would have a few more picks. He would have because he went like 24th. Yeah. But Anyway, so I, I talked to when I interviewed Josh Jacobs and, it, and we were doing it like in front of a crowd, like at a conference. And I, I said like, Hey, you were a quarterback in high school. Like, does coach Gruden know this? And uh, like, we let's get you passing some. And he just smiled and said, the package has already been installed. So like, I think you'll see him do some wildcat stuff this year.
0: Mm. So well, he's anyway. A, he's going to be a three down back, which is the case yes. for him. 100%. I'm just, it makes me nervous that this many people are on the bandwagon and yet the Raiders were an abomination last year. They were. I am not convinced at all that John Gruden is a good head coach at this stage in his life. I thought their quarterback was awful last year. And Antonio Brown is currently retired because it is like his helmet. So my guard's up.
1: Fair, that's my, that's fair my enough. Point. I will say, John, uh, the, the Raiders offensive coordinator is a guy named Greg Olson, who I think is, uh, who's done really good jobs. You know, he was with, he was with the Rams. He was with Jacksonville and was getting offense out of Blake Bortles. Like he's a smart guy. And so anyway. I'm with
0: you. I would rather have Damien Williams on the Chiefs for all the reasons you listed in your piece. Yep. I had him last year. I love it. It's like going to a restaurant. I had the Damien Williams last year. It was wonderful. <laughs> right. Uh, I thought I just thought he was really good. The reason I picked him up in my fantasy league was because I was watching a Chiefs game, and he came in and he was really good. And I was like, "Who's that guy? He's good." Picked him up every time he did he got thrown into the fire. I thought he was good, and I don't feel like he has a lot of competition there. Um, I I just would rather have him in that Chiefs offense. And I also think who's the who's the Rams rookie Gurley's backup that they drafted Daryl Henderson. I I just think all the signs with Gurley are bad. And we have been down this road for 20 years with fantasy with you can start to see that little skunk stink smell coming off of the guys. And something is wrong with Gurley. It's not going to be right. And this rookie running back is just waiting in an awesome offense. And I just think I would rather take those two guys than spend a ton of money on Josh Jacobs.
1: I will say that if you're going to handcuff Todd Gurley if something were to happen to Gurley, they like Henderson a lot but um you know I compared him to sort of Chris Thompson when Sean McVay was the coordinator in Washington. Adam Schefter referred to him as Giovanni Bernard. That's how they think of him in Los Angeles uh, just when we did the we did the marathon. Malcolm Brown's going to be the guy that would be the you know, would be the beneficiary, if you will, the handcuff to Todd Gurley. If something happened to Gurley, Henderson obviously would see an uptick in, in uh, touches. And he's probably going to get eight to 12, even if Gurley's out there and getting, uh, getting carries. But Malcolm Brown, who's not being drafted at all, is sort of free. And I'm with you on Damian Williams. I don't believe the running back by committee stuff out of Kansas City. Andy Reid's never been a running back by committee guy. I think he's just trying to, you know, motivate Williams who missed some time with a hammy. I, I'm, I'm in on Damian Williams this year.
0: Do you know who my handcuff is for Tyreek Hill? Who's that? The other handcuff. Oh, um, wow. Come on. Wow. Come on. It's getting late two, in the pod. Come on. Three. I'm trying to keep people <laughs> on their toes here.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, who do you like less, Antonio, or, uh, Antonio Brown or A.J. Green?
1: Uh, like Green. Uh, Green, Green? I like A.J. Green worse. A.J. Green worse. AJ Green Brown ranked higher. I rank, so I we feel Antonio like this Brown is the beginning higher.
0: of the end for A.J. Green.
1: He's missed at least six games in two of the last three years, and there's a chance he misses that many this year. He's going to miss at least the first two weeks. He's over 31, you know, it's just injuries have really caught up with him, unfortunately. Um, Is there any
0: other offense that you despise and don't want any guys from?
1: I think you can make a strong argument for the Redskins, you know, for that list. Like, I can't really trash the Redskins. It's my team. But yeah, look, I mean, like, wait
0: wait a second. Why if they're run by a terrible owner and they're terrible and they're disappointing every year, why can't you trash them?
1: Well, fantasy-wise, listen, I, they're in my blood since I was five years old. I'm stuck being a Redskins fan until I die, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I think they're going to be offensive a challenge. I like Darius Geis as a player, and I think second half of the year, I think there could be something there. Um, I think Trey Quinn for a deep PPR league. But, yeah, listen, if you avoided the Washington offense this year in fantasy, I don't think you're going to – I don't think you suddenly, like, have lost your league. There's certain offenses you definitely want a piece of. I'm not convinced Washington is one of them. Jordan Reed by the way supposedly having a great camp which you know we've heard every single year, but he's free in drafts. He's 42. Like going the 16th round. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's another one. He's I it just seems like he goes down a little too often. Um I I really don't want any Giants, but if you know, if that Saquon bidding early and and it's at a price that is too low i could just see myself waiting in just out of nowhere yeah. be like oh man really Say he's not going to go for 50 bucks what's the right price to spend on you know you talked like the f- top five six guys do you have a limit in your head for how high you would go in sure an i mean
1: like so it depends on it depends on the league settings and it depends on sort of what the salary cap is you know some people do 200 some people do 260 you know I've heard different leagues to do that so my guy 200 what, what y- league yeah. is that I've heard tons of leagues that in fact that's mostly the standard at $200 I thought uh, it was 260 260 for baseball so anyway oh, yeah, it you're varies right, you're right you're right my bad 260 for baseball 200 for football but I've heard it all right. over and what I'll do is so you know I have a spreadsheet of there's actually there's a there's a tool um uh there's a tool on ESPN plus there's also by the way lots of rotopass.com I'll uh, another plug like we have all sorts of auction tools. So what I'll do is I'll I'll go to uh, one of the draft softwares, uh, the draft software that we offer on rotopass.com and I'll plug in all the settings and it will generate a list of numbers and values. And then you just sort of read the room. Right. And that's the great thing about an auction is like if you go into an auction saying I'm definitely coming out with Kyler Murray or Mahomes or Saquon or whoever it is like that's that's when you get screwed. You know, you yeah. have to just sort of wait for the values. Sometimes the values come early. Sometimes they come late. It's all about sort of reading the room and knowing where they are. The one hint I will give about auctions that I like to do is if there's a player you want, right? Like, let's say you, you like Beckham, right? So when you go to your auction and you may, one of the things I like to do is like I sort of, I like to put a, a money amount by the position, right? So I'm going to spend 40 bucks on, you know, uh, uh, running back one. I'm going to spend 20 bucks on running back two. And you sort of, you know, mark it down, right? And so... So then as you get there, like, and you're like, and I really want Beckham. And let's say you budgeted, you know, $40 for your number one wide receiver. Like the first time it comes to me, I'm throwing out Beckham. Most people I feel like have the strategy of like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Well, listen, Beckham's not a secret. Okay. Right. So what happens is, is like all these bargains go by and then there's like three people with money and Beckham's like the last stud wide receiver. And then he ends up going for like 65, or something crazy like that. So what I would like to do is if when it comes to me, my very first time, I'm like, I'll throw it out to Beckham. And that way I know either I get him for the price I want or hopefully lower, or if he goes for just a crazy amount of money and I'm only going to go there, then at least I know, okay, great. I'm out on Beckham. I can pivot as opposed to so many times people just wait, wait, wait. And then that guy comes out and then you're just in a crazy bidding ward because he's the last guy left. And you could have had, you know, Michael Thomas for 37 because people were all sitting on their money. So yeah.
0: it seems, I feel like more people are sitting on their money lately, but yeah. you know, here's another tip. So in my AL keeper league in April, Ryan Brazier got thrown out. And me and Hench really liked him because we thought he was going to be the Red Sox closer, which is funny in itself because he's been terrible. <laughs> um so he goes and it's like two bucks. And then somebody on the phone call was like, I thought he just got hurt. So now everybody's like, what? And everybody's Googling and trying to find out as <laughs> as the thing's going. And all of a sudden, somebody gets them for four bucks, and we're Googling and don't realize it's the end of the bid. And then all of a sudden, it's four, leading to a shouting match between grown men who all have kids about whether we should do the thing over again. <laughs> right. But it is a good one about to, football. to right. one time a draft throw out the one, oh, is he back? Or, like, you know, just like, just put right. the seed of doubt in there that makes everybody. Wonder what the F well, happened.
1: That's a, that's a John Walsh move, by the way. Have you done an auction I mean, with Walsh?
0: The dirtiest fantasy yeah. player of ever. He,
1: he ever. loves to do that. He loves to mess with people at auctions.
0: Unbelievable. Super dirty. Uh, all right. I think we hit everything. I think yeah. it's 902 and 0 time. Uh, we'll take one more break. Hey, Allbird's shoes have been called the world's most comfortable shoes. And now they're introducing their new Trino socks to go with them. New socks? They're doing socks now? The Trino socks material combines merino wool with eucalyptus tree materials down to the fiber to regulate temperature, provide durability. All all birds' products are made for premium natural materials, so they're better for the planet. There's versatility. These socks come in three different silhouettes. Is that what we're calling these now? Crew socks, no show, no shows, and uh, quarter length. Because simplicity and comfort are the most important design qualities for all birds. Their footwear products are total MVPs. And you know what? When you wear them with the Allbird shoes, which I have, it's like peanut butter and jelly. That's what it feels like. That's the best way. It's the best way I can describe it. Uh, My feet felt energized. They felt nice and cool. I would urge you to try it out. Thanks to their unique proprietary recipe of premium natural materials, Allbirds Trino socks deliver unparalleled soft and breezy comfort in any situation, when you wear them with allbirds shoes, they're even better together. Get your own at allbirds.com. That is allbirds, A L L B I R D S.com. So I think it was 10 years ago we did, we did uh, or maybe nine years ago or whatever it was. 10 years ago we did, a it was 20- nine thing- years ago. because okay. We
1: did this. You had the idea because September 10th, 2000. 2000- Oh, oh was, yeah, nine o two one zero. It was September second, right? Two thousand ten was coming up, so it was going to be 09, you know, two one zero. Like right. just in terms of the date, brilliant. So like we we recorded it on September second, two thousand ten.
0: You know, a lot of people used to wonder why does that guy make the big bucks at ESPN, <laughs> and it was because of moments like that. Hundred percent nine o two one zero. So yeah, we did a two part pod, which we both of us still get emails about. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube somewhere.
1: Yeah. It was like a four hour pod. And uh, I loved the fact that up until you did your podcast with Obama, it was the most downloaded episode (laughs) of the BS report in the history of ESPN. It was was the first three years of of three and a half years. It was the biggest one. Yeah. I guess the first five years. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, it, it was really special. Right. Two 40 year old guys talking about a a teenage soap that had been off the air for 20 years. And that was the most downloaded episode. Iconic show in history. So then it came back.
0: Yeah. And it came back as they've done two episodes. It's on Fox. It is kind of curb your enthusiasm, only it's not funny. And they're all playing themselves. Right, but they're. I think they've only. For... I think they've
1: only done one episode, right? I've only seen the one. No, I saw the second one last night. Emily Valentine made a cameo. And no, yeah. And all right, well then I've missed the second episode. So I, I, it was on my DVR saying it was coming out tomorrow night. Maybe you got a screen. Well, or you did, like that.
0: did that fantasy marathon for a day and a this half. Is true. You probably don't even know where you are right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and maybe it's on my DVR and I haven't checked it yet. All right, so I've only seen the first episode. Doesn't matter. They, really, it really the matter. first episode yep. is what matters.
0: But so Emily Valentine was on and she made. Gabrielle Carter seem young and frisky by comparison. <laughs> wow. But um, but this show, I, I don't understand why it's happening. I think we're the audience for it and that's it. I guess the ratings are doing pretty well. Um, I, I've just never had an experience like this with a form of entertainment. I'm just, I'm bummed out. I'm enthralled. I'm riveted. I'm sad. I'm horrified. It's a gamut of emotions. Yeah, I
1: freaking Loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I didn't know what to expect. Like, so, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, one of my dear friends from college, uh, my buddy Adam Shapiro, who is a, uh, diehard 90210 fan like you and I. And, uh, so he watched it the night it came out and I was doing something, uh, on ESPN. And I just, he was just like, how was it? And he was just like, you know, it was good enough. It was good enough. And I, I thought that was a pretty good review of it. Um, and I actually like the idea that they approached it with right so like because what they are is they're, they're playing themselves in essence and the premise of the show is they're playing themselves but fake, trying to fake get 911 back together yeah
0: but, and they and not their real wives girlfriends whoever but they are right. playing themselves which is confusing but which,
1: yeah, yeah it's sort of weird like so jenny garth is playing jenny garth who's also playing you know and she wants to play kelly taylor again on the show and so they all sort of play themselves and the show opened with what you would have thought if they just, you know, redone 90210 uh legit, which is like Brandon owns the peach pit and he's married to Kelly, who's a waitress there. And like, you know, uh, uh David Silver and Donna Martin are, are married and they come in and whatever. And, you know, and so it was just sort of like, ah, oh. and then, they then they, then they blow it up and it's like, it's them playing themselves. And I thought that was a, I thought that was a clever and smart conceit. Cause I think if they'd gone the actual, you know, just, it's, it's, it's the same cast, you know, characters 30 years later, it would have been a little like, ah, eh, it would have, it would have petered out. It's, I, I
0: mean, the most shocking thing is that Tori Spelling in HD wasn't, I don't know what they did. Maybe there were special effects, but it wasn't as jarring as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was jarring, <laughs> but it wasn't like I was expecting, you know, the last 15 minutes of Predator. Who knows? <laughs> Because she, she, I mean, she's had so much plastic surgery at this point, but it wasn't that bad. I actually thought she looked pretty good. Yeah. Jenny Garth looks fantastic. She looks great. Gabrielle uh, Carteris is it's over 60.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought she actually, I thought she looked great as well because she's significantly older than the rest of the cast. I mean, she was when she was, you know, I literally think she might've been 35 when she did nine hundred two 90210.
0: I thought she was like 30 when she was on the show. And by the time she left, she was... Yeah, early, mid-30s. So she's yeah. got to be pushing 60 at this point. So I, thought,
1: I I thought she looked great. I thought they all actually looked great. Um,
0: well, Brett, the BAG just looks, he, he just always looks great. And he's still got to be furious that Justin Timberlake had the career that we always thought David Silver was going to have. <laughs> David Silver had laid the groundwork all through the 1990s right. for a Justin Timberlake-like career. It just never happened. But then Justin he, Timberlake had it. So I'm glad he recovered from that.
1: It, yeah, I I don't know that being on you know nine o two and 0 is is consolation for not being Justin Timberlake. You don't think but, so? No, I, I I don't. But they all look <laughs> they all look great, and I thought it was fun. And, and the other thing that I thought was interesting is so, a, uh, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling got created by credits on it uh, with uh, with two guys that were that were on the original nine o two and o. Yeah, and uh, I thought the kudos to all of them for, in addition to playing themselves, like being very self-deprecating. So like Jenny Garth plays herself as pretty bitchy. Like, yeah. Through the first episode, she's pretty bitchy. And she's like, she's jealous of Jason Priestley. And, um, you know, I'm, we're ruining the, the, the first episode for people. Now we, so we're not ruining alert.
0: anything. This isn't, this isn't, uh, the next Scorsese movie. Yeah. We're ruining but, nothing.
1: But whatever, I mean, like, so Jason Priestley, you know, on the show cheats on his wife, yeah. and um, Tori Spelling like fully admits that he has, uh, he, she has no money whatsoever, and they That's call out on it. Like, you're Aaron Spe- Spelling's daughter. Like, you grew up a billionaire. Like, how do you have no money? And so, um, and you know, Kelly make uh, Kelly Tori, uh, what's her name, Jenny Garth makes fun of the fact that uh that her romantic life hasn't worked out the way she probably hopes, and that she's had multiple divorces. That's and, true. Yeah, I mean, like. It is a little weird though, because they're playing themselves, heightened versions of themselves, but it's not exactly right. Like, is Ian Ziering married in real life?
0: I think he did have some sort of weird divorce situation. So I think they're, they're parroting the part, parroting that a little bit.
1: Yeah, maybe. Like, so it's a little weird. And I know like, like, I don't know if Jenny Garth is actually married right now. I know she's had a number of divorces, but like, you know, so it's all, and Anyway, so it's it, it's, it, it sounds a like little... you
0: feel like you have a chance.
1: <laughs> Maybe let me call my <laughs> wife, honey. You keep the five
0: kids. I mean, it's not it's not the most unrealistic thing ever that you and Jenny Garth could end up together right now at this point in your lives.
1: I have to wonder what what my, there's a chance that my wife would kind of be like. You know what? I'm okay G- give with the world. Yeah, well, give it a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife and I
0: have an understanding. If Tiffany Amber Thiesen ever, no matter how long we're both alive, if she ever just points at me and goes, let's go, I have to go. That's just the way it, that's, that was written in. Jenny Garth would be on the list for Same thing for Eddie Vedder with my wife. Um, fair. fair enough. I yeah, was so at, that's fair. I'll that's I'll tell a good you one trade. quick story
1: about that, though. Yeah. Not about Eddie Vedder, but... Uh, but I literally said that to my so my wife was at I, I told this this story on Stern but we we ended up getting to go to the the Howard Stern party oh I saw you there yeah right, so we're at the we were at the Howard Stern birthday party and uh Stephen Tyler yeah hits on my wife Ooh. at the party like there's actually so Paul shear um you know from the league comedian know him. And so we were talking and, and Paul Shear comes up to me and he's just like, dude, we got to figure out a way to get a, a picture with Steven Tyler. And he's like, I got an idea. Like we don't want to be, you know, you know, we don't want to be those guys, but how many times do you get a chance to get a picture with Steven Tyler? And he's like, Hey, I got an idea. Let's you and I go over and talk near Steven Tyler. And like my buddy will take a candid picture. And I look over and I said, I think we're okay. Cause he's currently hitting on my wife. So we literally uh, walk over and I'll, I'll, um, I'll post when we post this podcast, I'll, I'll repost the photo. Cause I have a hilarious photo of me, Paul Shear, Stephen Tyler, and my wife. And it literally looks like Paul and I are a couple and Stephen Tyler and my wife are a couple. How many How many drinks away do you think
0: she was from at least making out with them? Well, that's I, a good probably story. Probably at least another
1: one because I said yeah. to her, I literally said to her. Do this. I, I, I just said, listen, honey, like it's Stephen Tyler. I get it. If you want to, you know, no harm, no foul. I get it. And um, she was just like, no, he's very sweet, but he's not my type. She goes, but, but she goes, but, um, but listen, if, uh, if Adam Levine hits on me, all bets are off. So <laughs> there you go. So well, lucky, here's the thing I, lucky for me, th- Adam didn't notice my wife, I guess. Here's the thing with
0: Tiffany Amber Thiesen. She and Jenny Garth were best friends after 90210 ended. Okay. And then had some sort of mysterious falling out that if you Google it, the reason has never been discussed. I'm telling ah. you, go Google this. There's stories okay. written about what happened to these two and all Tiffany Amber Thiesin, I think, was on Stern or one of those shows and just said, like, I don't want to talk about it, but let's just say I was the one that was hurt. So God knows what happened. Wow. They don't talk. And that's why she's not on this show. Wow. Yeah. So maybe that'll be season two. They come
1: back. Maybe so. They I brought mean, they back should. Shannon
0: Doherty, but I think they, when she came back, they immediately, she started feuding with everybody again and it went badly. Huh. And that was that.
1: Well, they reference on the show. I mean, they, they basically all take shots at Shannon. And she's, and she's and not well-liked. Step. Yeah. It would have, it, that much is, that much is clear. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, um, I was all in, like I, I went in with sort of low expectations and by the end of it, I was like, I was into it. I, I really, I enjoyed it. And it was sort of there, you know, listen, there was very 902 and uh, sort of cheesy moments, like when they're trying to get the dress and they're trying to get, uh, you know, uh Tori's dress let's face it the
0: most yep. important best thing they did was they they did the opening credits with the turnarounds which right. was always the best part of 902 with the song the song and then Ian Zeering just doing the the 180 with that kind of knowing assertive look on his face that always made me laugh 200 times a year um I was happy they brought those back and I look. There's only four episodes left now. They haven't done it yet. But I just I hope David Silver gets a chance to cook. Like <laughs> give the dude the ingredients, put him in the kitchen, and let that man sing. He's a fucking artist. Let, let him it, do let, it. Let it do. David Silver, man, do your thing. You, you your still thing. have a chance to have a hit album. It might. It um, might be. I would also. I don't know if Joey Tata's is alive, but let's bring him out.
1: I was just going to say, who did, so you told me Emily Valentine shows up in, in episode two. Yeah. What other. It's jarring. What, uh, I can't, uh, uh, I can't wait. What other 90210 cast members would you want to see show back up? Like I would have, oh. um, I would have loved Valerie Malone, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, obviously that sounds, that's, um,
0: I mean, that's my number one draft pick Dylan Dylan's, uh, wife who I, th- oh, she died did she really yeah the the one that oh he the married. character yeah in. it was carrie liked, russell right uh rebecca gayhart that would rebecca have been a Gay fun Hart, one to come back um yeah i mean the dylan thing was a bummer they they oh. they kind of like shoehorned in a whole luke perry thing because obviously they felt like they had to acknowledge it but that was well he was supposed was to do weird. the show yeah i
1: mean so yeah uh, that was weird he, he ended was... up
0: his send-off ended up being a, a really awesome tarantino movie so i think it worked out for him um yeah i'm trying to think who else from over the years. I I well, mean Andrea's I guess they just Jesse, pretending yeah Jesse Mark the bartender he's out. Mate, you know who would be good I'd love to yeah. see again was Dylan's drug dealer. From the <laughs> from the Dylan's been drinking again season season. What was uh, his name? I that, I don't him. know. He had that. He's spooky looking. He's kind of balding. He had the mustache thing going. Right. Oh, here's one. What about Duke the gambler? Duke uh, the bookie? Oh, Duke the Bookie would be good. What about yeah. Ray Pruitt? The Donna's abusive boyfriend. Oh slash Ray singer. Pruitt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How do you talk to an angel? Yeah. Right.
0: And hold on to that feeling gets a little stronger. (laughs) Get that guy back.
1: Ray Pruitt.
0: He's a firefighter in real life now.
1: Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's
0: amazing. I I may or may not have Googled all of this stuff over the course of my life. (laughs) This is what I do.
1: This is my anti-PPR rinse. Um, Who was the, who was the, was it Vanessa Marcel? Who was the ice skater? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing
0: her back. She was great. I had a friend who moved out here that I went to high school with in the 90s and became an extra on like every show. So like okay. Melrose, right. Ally McBeal, 90210, Friends, all of them. He was like in the background somewhere for years. And so we saw him. We were like, who is the, who is the best looking actress you were on the set with in the last five years? And he was like Vanessa Merceau. That was the answer. So there, tuck that away. Tuck that little piece of info away for you.
1: What about? Hey, you know, it's interesting. What about? Um, what? Oh, uh, uh, Kathleen Robertson. Oh, Claire. Claire.
0: Claire. I think from what I've heard, she disavowed the show. Huh. Yeah, she became a pretty serious actress. She's been in some, 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 uh, some actual legitimate TV shows that are like well directed and stuff. I think she was in Boss with Kelsey Grammer and. Huh. She did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. I think she's like a real actress.
1: And then there was um, you know who else I liked was and I cannot remember the actress's name or her character's name, but the um she basically played Steve's wife towards the end oh, of Janet. The yeah. Janet, thank yeah. you, Janet. Yeah. Yeah. And they ran the Beverly Beat or whatever together, like the and it turned into a tabloid and that whole thing.
0: Those are some dark nine oh two hundred years, the the tail end. When I, anytime Ian Ziering's a little too close to the top at the credits, (laughs) you know, you know, some people have left the show. (laughs) Things have gone badly. Look, the, the ratings have been good. And, and my guess is that this is going to be like a 20 episode pickup and, and these people will be back in our lives. Please. I'm just disappointed. I just thought Jason Priestley, I wanted him, you know, the Brandon, the Brandon Walsh was one of the great. Early digital media innovators, right? He was working in newspapers. He's trying yep. to start the Beverly Blaze or whatever it was, and yeah, right. He's eventually going to go digital. I wanted him to be in the middle of this whole "What's the future of digital media?" conversation, <laughs> running
1: some website. Maybe he's buying other websites. Well, but um, the, hang on, but hang. On, that's the problem. Like you're talking about Brandon Walsh. He's playing Jason Priestley, who's a you know actor and and more you know trying to get his directing career going. But I'm
0: saying when they get. If they do this 90210 oh, they, they reboot. They do the show within the show yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted Priestley to own that and be like, look, I think this is a really good chance for us to talk about where digital media is going in the 2020s through the, through the lens of Brandon Walsh.
1: I remember this, and I, I'm pretty sure it was in our 90210 podcast that we did, but it might've been another one that we did. But I remember you went on a whole riff. you mm. we were talking about it and about what they would be like in 30 years. maybe some, you know, some crazed Simmons fan can can find that or remember that or anything like that. But you literally had a whole plot for them of what they would be like as adults. Oh, it I, was
0: that was I pitched it to Brian Austin Green two years later. It was my the the <laughs> idea was a, a reboot show called 9021 Old, <laughs> which he thought it was insane. He kind of liked right. it, but he also thought I was a lunatic. And then in the irony of ironies, this is what they're doing. They're doing and old. <laughs> they were totally doing Seven years later, this is absolutely what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, I had, I had it all planned out. I had David Silver as like, he had really hit it big with music, but now a couple divorces, still kept his house in Malibu, but not sure how much longer he's going to be able to afford the mortgage. Like he's at that stage and, yeah, so they, it, it would be easy to do. I, I'll be honest. I was offended they didn't consult me.
1: I, I, I'm, I don't I'm offended I'm, I'm on, right on behalf. Here. I'm right Here's, here. I could have helped is my point. We're, that's all we are. We're here to help. I have a request of you. Yeah. So my request is that that you use your Bill Simmons power, your, your big Hollywood power, mm. to get one of these people, and I'm thinking maybe it's, it's Jenny and Tori, because the, they're like literally creators of this show. They, you know, they seem to have the most power. Everyone you w- you want to be on. Producer. I know where this is going. 100%. I we I think we need to interview them and I want to be, I want to co-interview them with you. That oh, I thought you actually
0: wanted to be on their show. I think that's oh, no, even no, no, more no. realistic. Like that's it's a fantasy football weekend <laughs> that that Steve Sanders gets invited to on the show and somebody gets
1: punched. I'm in for that. I'm in for You were just in the Avengers. Exactly. I, listen, I've done one movie in my life, Bill. And it's the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide. I'm just You're saying. You're one for one. I'm one for one. Like on a per movie basis, I'm probably the highest grossing actor of all time.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. I on mean, that math one. is
1: math, right? I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like, you know, I've done one movie. It's made the most movie of all time. I think I'm the highest grossing actor of all time.
0: And we should mention ESPN Plus is available for $4.99 <laughs> a month. You it can watch is. the fantasy show as well as UFC and the 30 for 30 library and Peyton Manning and Kobe Bryant and a whole bunch of other stuff. 100%. Is that
1: Rotopass, good? Rotopass.com, your ultimate fantasy football resource. Promo code 90210 gets you 10% off. Is that true? It is now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that for you. Okay. And uh, I got one last plug for you. Yeah. The Fantasy Life app. So I have this app, and we absolutely crush it on alerts. We beat everyone on alerts. There's look If you look it up in the app store, 4.8 stars. Uh, it is 100% free. It's a fantasy football, DFS, gambling community Site, but the alerts absolutely crush. And again, it's 100 percent free. Try it out. I promise you, it will help you with your bets, with your DFS, with fantasy football. And if you don't like it, just delete it. It's a free app. But uh, Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. If you search for that in the App Store, iOS or Android, like it's a, it is an unbelievable resource.
0: And Matthew Barry's new, uh, new face app. He just launched. <laughs> just <laughs> tweet your pictures in. They make you look older. Right. They're not going to do anything with the photos. No. As far as
1: you just know. Me. Just a bad, just yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly.
0: My stupid son signed up, and now of course they have his entire iCloud library, so that was great. But that's not going to happen with the Fantasy Life app.
1: It is not. That's not happen. Yeah, you need fantasy updates. Hundred percent. It's it's a uh, it is an awesome resource. You should do it. It would help you. It would probably tell you not to draft five quarterbacks in your dumb league. (laughs) <laughs> but hey, uh-huh. I haven't gotten a commitment from you. Can can we try to get Jenny Garth I'll t- and I'll or Tory Spelling on the BS Report? I don't think I Tori's coming come.
0: on after my predator joke, but I think Jenny Garth is possible. All right. Uh-huh. I
1: want to co-interview with you. All can right. we do
0: that? Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good luck. Awesome. Good luck with the season. Good luck with your four kids and the 21-year-old. I'm not calling <laughs> him a kid anymore. Fair. Uh, and uh, and say hi to uh, everybody back in Bristol for me. Will do. Thanks, right. Bill. Thank Always you. Fun. All right, thanks to Matthew Barry. Thanks to Zip Cruder. Don't forget to go to zipcruder.com slash BS. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. They show you incredible deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at, scoring an extra amazing deal with Hotel Tonight's daily drop feature. Unlock a special deal to Hotel Selected just for you, snag it within 15 minutes. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop. And thanks to Allbirds. Their new Trino socks combine everything you love about Allbirds shoes, which have been called the most comfortable in the world, available in three different silhouettes. Crew socks, no shoes, no shows, no shows. No shows? So they're not showing. They don't show. No showings. And quarter lengths. Crew socks, no shows, quarter lengths. Trino socks will match perfectly with your Merino wool shoes or your tree shoes by Allbirds. Get your own pair. Of the neutrino socks at allbirds.com don't forget about the rewatchables we did gone girl this week we have some good ones next week fatal attraction is coming next week fatal attraction cow was the top grossing movie in 1987 really yeah wow. and it's not more adultery than maybe any movie ever <laughs> fatal attraction next week wesley <laughs> morris is coming to town we're doing a whole bunch of them uh yeah back on the uh, bs podcast next week